what's today? What is it? Uh, December? No, not December. Jeez. November 12th, uh, 2023, 192nd edition of Zions of the Southland. I'm here with Jake. Akshay is out with his family having a good old time. So it's just us today. Let's go through some programming reminders before we get down our slate. Uh, for one, we're going to have a Science Extra this week. Uh, if you all remember my Survivor content uh, with Carson Garrett, uh, my interview with him got cut short after about the 12-minute mark because an international pop star kind of crashed the party. Uh, so we're going to go for round two, and it's going to be really fun. If you like Survivor, this will be for you. If you don't like Survivor, that's fine. It's This is more of just a thing we just want to do for the fun of it. So, uh, But it'll what be good just, uh What if you just Survivor Curious, Jack? I think I think you'll learn a lot, no matter what. Uh, the idea is we're gonna we're gonna dig deep into some stuff uh, and find out a lot about the background of what it's like to be on the show. Um, which there's a lot of interviews that happen like that, but it'll be cool to get his introspection for as a active student, you know, that goes to tech and has to be part of a big old international thing. Uh, so what's well, about be- the only excuse that you know somebody in our neck of the the sports and content verse would give us to, to talk about it. So I think it'll be a cool intersection of that. So yeah, it'll be a good time. Uh, so other programming reminders, uh, we've always, we've always got our weekly articles on from the rumble We've got, we have our mailbag, which has been very lively. So thank you to everybody who has been contributing to that. Uh, we got our Tuesday thoughts that Chris Paschal will have. Maggie Scroggs is doing the things we think we know articles. Uh, and Ben Tankersley will have the advanced stats recap up in the midweek before we play Syracuse, um, and then well, this is the 192nd episode, Jake, which means we're eight away from 200. I'm thinking we're going to do something. That's all I really we know. We need to for do sure. something. We're going to do something. We're going to do something. I'll just make that. I'll make that commitment. We're going to plan something. We're going to make it a little bit extra special. How? Spe- how? How? And what? Uh, to be determined. We still have to have those. Just dis- still have to plan it. Uh, but we're gonna have no to free. Have- I was gonna say no, no free ads. But uh, I'm I'm always a fan of uh, you know. Doing a live show at maybe our, our world's favorite uh, favorite brewery, but uh, you know we'll we'll see. There's plenty of things out there. Maybe maybe we can go live somewhere else. I feel like it like it's a 200th anniversary. We got to make it like an event type thing. I think yeah. Too. There's got to be something we could. There's got to be something we could do. Maybe yeah. maybe I'll make a call to uh, at our uh, our dear institute <laughs> since we <laughs> thankfully know some folks. Akshay and I have done episodes recorded from Bill Moore before when we were students, and we could just like kindly ask them if we could use a use a Skybox to record the podcast. I think that's but, I think that's absolutely a doable thing, actually, because we know some folks that work there. Um, yeah. Let's move on to this pat to this past weekend uh, or yesterday, to be more specifically. I just want so I was at the game yesterday uh, at Clemson. Uh, they got into the press box. It's really tight and cramped, but let me tell you, man, the food that they have in that press box. It was a noon kick, which means they were serving breakfast, which means they had shrimp and grits. And oh my God, wow. is it so freaking good. It was you know, the best. I hope they didn't catch those in Lake Hartwell. I don't know if I would trust uh I they did M not say where River the shrimp came reservoir from. shrimp, but I mean I, I don't doubt it was good. It tastes so good, man. It was I could not believe what I was seeing. But they they serve good food at Tex Press Box as well. It's usually pretty healthy. They got a good like they'll have like some good pork, they'll have good salads and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it's just when you go to a place that's been winning national championships, you see where the money can go when you can rake in that kind of stuff. And that's just Lazy one of the ways river. And that's just one of the ways it happens. Uh, so, had, so Jack, had, I, yeah. I gotta say, um, yes. Um, uh, we talked a little bit before we got on air. Uh, you noted that your first ever football game yep. was at Clemson many moons ago uh, as a wee lad. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time you've been back, correct? Yes, yes, it has. Yes. 
what were your thoughts on the so so context uh this is the first clemson away game that i have uh missed since coming down to to, to tech in okay. 2016 yeah. um so i did not go this year i've been to three away games and i generally find that it's quite an interesting like i, I don't know i love the rec going out there i think mm-hmm. the hill's a little bit overrated but it's certainly something to watch everyone else get into it i think it's like yeah. a weird like casual observer and you're in the press box so you got to be a little bit more i guess non-partisan what what was that like like sitting in the press box yeah for, i mean for something like that yeah i think i mean thankfully i'm just kind of like tucked in the corner i was sitting right next <laughs> to text like like special box where like some of the mm-hmm. the donors and jay bad and his kids were in there for some of it as well so i was kind of like in view of everybody um mm-hmm. i so i actually grew up partially a clemson fan because my grandfather went there so i was like well ingrained into the traditions and kind of just had them as like if we want to see them do well uh, before I had any tech true Georgia Tech allegiances. Um, so like I was like the running down the hill thing. The first time I got to see that was super cool. This is the first time I've been when I went there like ten years ago though they were still doing the balloons. Now they got rid of the mm-hmm. balloons because that uh, that the, the uh, it was a very toxic hazard to the lake. What <laughs> they had just balloons, yeah. just hundreds and hundreds of balloons falling in there every week and not cleaning it up. Uh, so. That part was sad to miss, but it was fine. Um, this was also the military tribute game. Uh, and so at halftime, the both bands performed together for the entire. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, for the entire thing was this them. And they had a really moving, just kind of like, I don't, know, I don't want to say a fake burial thing. But they had so they had some really good tributes um, for all for the service academy and for those that that, that have passed recently that were from South Carolina specifically. Um, in service. Nice. So they, yeah, they were when we got when me and uh, my friend got there, uh, parked in the media a lot. And uh, one of their SID people was driving the golf cart back and forth from the media lot to the stadium so that we didn't have to walk as far. And he made a note of like, which uh, lots did they put y'all in down by the softball stadium or what? No, they put us uh, in by like in an admin building, uh, like okay. right outside where you need placard entrance to park on campus. Um, gotcha. So it was really, it was really convenient. Even if you walked, it was like a six minute walk. It wasn't hard at all. Um, but yeah. yeah, he noted it's like, yeah, like the, the military tribute stuff is like a really big deal. And they were, they were really practical about that. If you haven't been to a Clemson game, they do take their half times super, super seriously. Like they will, they are extremely quiet for the band. I, they made those like there's gonna be eighty thousand people here, and you're gonna be able to hear a pin drop at halftime. And sure enough, that guy was correct. Yeah. So it's a really cool experience. They're also just the nice. Like I do not, I cannot emphasize this enough. They are the nicest people in terms of just like hosts. In in terms of just true Southern hospitality of people coming to your place, they know we, they know they're gonna beat you, but they're they're gracious about it for me. Uh, I ran into like 15 people that said, we're glad you came, man. We're glad you're here. I, that floored me as a sophomore in college, the first time <laughs> I went up there, but I, um, the last time we played there, the 14 to eight, like mm-hmm. lightning delay game. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was a long day. But, um, I was, it was right when section one of the, I, I promise they did not pay, pay me to say this <laughs> or anything like that, but it was right when they first launched mm-hmm. and I was wearing the first piece I got from them, uh, the I'm a Ramblin' Wreck for Georgia Tech and a Hell of an Engineer shirt, mm-hmm. just walking down the main street in Clemson and opposing Clemson fans, multiple. I tweeted about this back when I actually like used Twitter. Um, like they came up to me and were like, oh my gosh, we love your shirt. That's so cool. That Because I think this was before they were on like home field um, too. So like kind of retro has kind of been mm-hmm. in lately, I say, as I'm in my like, <laughs> bomber jacket with a section 103 shirt under that I, i'm 
big retro guy. Uh, but uh, they're like, oh my gosh, we love that this is a thing. I'm like just walking down the, down the street being like, we're so glad we're here. We're here. We love your shirt. I was like, this is so weird because because one one time I did get like a little little heckled by by like some eh, they're like teenagers. You know how teen you know how kids can be. I say as if that wasn't you know me and our ilk you know five ten fifteen years ago. But um, I will say my one thing about Clemson on game day it's a little tougher to get into all the like very tough to get into some of like the classic spots. Like you cannot go to the smoking pig on game day. Mm-hmm. And not wait for like hours and hours. Yeah. You'll never get a table at the SO Club, which is why I found that like men's basketball, softball, soft, their softball, like, oh my gosh, they sell out every game. Yeah. So I'm a little bit lucky that my sister just puts me on the list and I walk in kind of hey. thing for the Louisville Clemson series. But um, like weekends like that, where there's still something going on, probably be cool to see a soccer, soccer game up there. Their soccer yeah. teams are pretty good. Yeah, and and Riggs is a pretty phenomenal ven- venue right off of downtown. But, um, and, and, coming up going to swim meets there for the club team you know you get to see a little bit more of the town but oh my gosh it it's cool to just like get out of the city and and, and go to the game so i hope it was a good good experience i say kind of quietly backdooring a segue into the football part probably not no, so yeah, much if we're being political no it, it wasn't good uh i mean we were <laughs> lucky to have a lead at the it's kind of in hindsight it's like wait we were winning this game halfway through the first quarter, which is kind of surprising. Um, but that was the one time we had a timely thing go our way and took advantage of it, thankfully. I, I remember the moment writing, oh my, like, okay, this is actually like what good teams do, take advantage of a mistake and and get a score. And then we did score again for about 40 minutes or something like that after that. It was uh, rough. Uh, the football game itself, yes, we lost 42-21 to the Clemson Tigers. Uh, we dropped to sixth in the ACC, four and three. In the conference record, our record is now five and five overall with Syracuse next. Uh, we'll get to the importance of that game, although I don't think y'all are educated. Y'all know exactly why we need to win next week, uh, considering who we play next after that. Well, so, uh, Jack, yeah, I want to make one point before we get too far away from the fact that Tech was leading. Okay. Tech was also leading at one point, I believe, in the 70 to th- 73 to 7 loss. Uh, I think we opened that up with a touchdown. Yeah, yeah and we did. Probably yeah. gave up 73 points. So yeah. the fact that, and, and kind of one thing that we workshopped before we went live, is we played about as um, poorly as I think we've seen Tech play this year. But again, up against a team that's one, extremely talented. Yeah. Uh, no matter what Tyler from Spartanburg says, I would say pretty, <laughs> pretty well coached. Uh, I think Riley's a good offensive coordinator, and it looks like things are finally like clicking a yeah. little bit the last couple of weeks up there. And, and and all that to say, we kind of saw uh, about as quote unquote, I guess, disappointing. I, I don't know. I've never really gone into these Clemson games and been like, woo, we got a shot, but I, I did that yesterday. And the fact yeah. that, I mean, yeah, they scored some points late to kind of claw back a little bit, but 42 to 21, we've seen worse, right? We, we have, I feel- we have. I was there for the entirety of the uh, that aforementioned game you mentioned. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I thought we were going to win, honestly. Like, I've, I definitely did not have as good of a read on Clemson's defense as I thought. But granted, I feel like there's the sliding doors moment here is there's a couple of them, and they are sadly yep. both Eric Singleton drops. There was mm-hmm. a couple of those that would have been long completions, possible touchdowns early in the game. And if we get those... This at the outset, this game is completely different. Clemson get, has to play a different style. Um, they in our we wouldn't have to be punting in bad situations. Penalties weren't really a huge deal 
I think for like really for other team, there was a couple bad ones to go in both ways, but nothing that would have truly changed anything uh, with this score. Um, we got that. We so we got our touchdown because uh, Clemson attempted a fake punt early and they failed to convert, and then we scored on a Haynes King touchdown run. Uh, we did it like we stopped them pretty well defensively up at the beginning. Like that's where I was like weirdly confident. Zeke Biggers was killing it down low. He was getting getting inside. They could not run up the middle for anything. Uh, then they figured out if we just let Cade throw, good things will happen. And so I weirdly it was our pass defense that more killed us today less than our run de- run defense. But uh, yeah. beyond that, we cannot throw for anything. As I think we have all noticed now that when Haynes King gets a little rattled, uh, it can slip. A, he can slip a little too quickly. It does just things go south offensively as soon as he's just in a in a bad spot, uh, and that's kind of what happened. He had a yard of he had a yards worth of completions at, at like almost at halftime. Like it was there was nothing happening whatsoever. Um, and Clemson a lot of especially in the second quarter were able to keep drives alive on third and fourth downs. They had a lot of third and fourth downs, like in that go for it range, but outside of field goal territory, but too close to punt. So they were able to play four down football way more often than one usually would think. Uh, and they were able to convert on those. Uh, so that was a huge deal for us not being able to get off the field and prevent some scores. Um, Haynes King, four interceptions. Can't really win if you're going to throw four picks, though. So, Yeah, and, and I think that's kind of one of those cases where you see like the we need to make something happen kind of stack up, not yeah. trying to absolve everything, but... Um, I don't know. It's it seemed like it accelerated into the into the later stages of the game where it's like, hey, that we're 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 trying to, you know, maybe we're getting a little bit forcing it with the yeah. the old ball. Um kind of a bummer being like that. Well, you kind of just toss it out and start over. But I think this is where, you know, it's the coach key and, and stuff in his press conferences has been very like, wash it, move on to the next week. Wins, wash it, move on to the next week. Yep. But time to put the money where the mouth is. I, I'm, I'm not convinced Syracuse is uh, all that uh, equipped currently. Uh, it seems like uh, they're they're kind of sliding into the end of the season here. Yes, they did bounce back last week uh, with a needed win uh, against Pitt. Um, but then again, I'm not convinced Pitt is all that good either. Yeah, that that so. not a representative win, I would say, yeah. for much of anything there. And they're five and five. They're five and five as well. Um, yeah. So they're playing for five the same and, thing. Five and five, but uh, have not looked terribly competitive in no. most ACC games. I'll go back to the first quarter of this game. So we had so, so we had our touchdown. It was only a 25-yard drive. And then Clemson's next drive, they had a third and two converted. Yep. And then they had a third and 13 that wasn't converted. Uh, or no, they had a third and four converted by Will Shipley, which was then p- pulled back on an unsportsmanlike. Uh, they eventually got that and on a third and two by Will Shipley, and then they had a third and thirteen that Brining Stool, their tight end, was not able to convert, got seven yards, uh, and then their fourth and seven was uh, it was caught by Collins, and then got them into the red zone, and then they later scored that touchdown. And they At had another third. Point- they they had they had a they had, that's this drive. They had a third and four converted. A third and two converted that was pulled back. A third and thirteen not converted, but the fourth and seven was converted. And then a third and six that wasn't, but the fourth and one was. And so they had two fourth down conversions on that drive. I'll, I'll get in that like that middle zone where it's just like gotta get like you don't punt it. You don't punt it because that just doesn't make sense. You may as well go for it, but then I just can't can't get the field goal either. And then they got them to seven seven. Uh and then we kinda and then we <laughs> 
King got we got three outed on the next on our next drive, and then we had a four, Haynes King or no, Jamal Haynes had a forty yard run that when we were only down one score that was like okay maybe got something here finally got the big chunk run made nothing of it we had two of those two or three of those plays we couldn't capitalize on the the capitalization we talked about some drops there i I do want to point out that excluding that fake punt at one point clemson was four for four on converting fourth downs (laughs) yeah yeah giving giving teams that many second chances while also you know just being that hair off on offense yeah that's that's how you go in a, a four or five touchdown yeah a shot hole it's not that not great that great at all so uh, i don't think we need to belabor this that much because after that it was a lot of just a lot of the same of not moving the ball enough maybe one or two chunk plays here and there but bef- but it, and, and untimely untimely picks by Kane's king that just kind of derailed the whole game so there is a 17 point epa difference uh it's not great what you got? If anybody would like us to belabor any of these points anymore, feel free to ask a question in the mailbag. Yes. Because I don't think I don't think us talking in circles about similar points in which we're agreeing. You pro- oh, you hopefully agree. Maybe we're you have a little bit of a different nuance. If so, feel free to, you know, drop yeah. a comment or, or or whatnot. But you know, I don't think we learned too too much about this team. I think the one thing that I I take away going forward is I am excited for the opportunity to hire a new defensive coordinator, clean sheet this offseason. Yes, yes, that would be huge. Even getting to a bowl, I mean, in hindsight, us getting to a bold game and potentially winning a bowl game, knowing the defensive issues, that's going to be a, I mean, we're already at the two steps forward. We've raised like, the floor. Yes, the floor is there. We've raised the floor. Getting to five wins, I th- I think for all of us, Marks is like, okay, we have done a positive this year already. Like, we're that we have we've crossed that threshold. Now it's at the Get point the where... Game. Get to the, Get the game. extra month of practice. Yeah. Yeah. That will be that will be very, very important. All right. This coming Saturday, November 17th. The ACC has like four 3.30 games. So we got put at the 8 o'clock slot against Syracuse at Bobby Dodd Stadium. We are 5-5. Five and five. We have to win this game because we play Georgia next week and, or the week after. And uh, we probably aren't going to win that, to be completely honest, they, as they we all appear, know. They appear to have figured things out. Which They, they kind of steamrolled all this. <laughs> And it made them look bad. They made Ole Miss look bad yesterday. So we really need to beat this. We did win this Syracuse game. There's no two ways about it. Syracuse needs to win this game as well uh, so that we can go bowling or they can go. Someone's going bowling. That's all we know. Someone's going bowling after Saturday. The, the bowl bowl. <laughs> yes. Yes. The bowl to bowl. Uh, yeah. So that's what's going to happen there. Um, we'll all be there. It's going to be a fun day. Um, I'm kind of glad it's at eight o'clock because that means we can like sort in some friends. You can like do a friend's giving at lunchtime and still go to the game. You can do both on Saturday. Have an evening wedding. So I can't be there. Oh, fall weddings are goodness. okay. People fall weddings are okay. I want to put that out there on. So I will, I will not be there. I'll be following along of course, but then it's between two, two tech grads who are uh, undoubtedly the reason that I'm at Georgia tech. So well, there uh, you go. I will be at their wedding celebrating them, but you know, they're in spirit. How delightful. Uh, good. Good for them. Congrats to them as well. Yes. All right, let's move on to cross country, Jake. Uh, we had NCA South Regionals. Yes, uh, pretty pretty quick tour around here. The women finished sixth. Um, that's kind of where we prognosticated them to uh, be relative to the number of ranked teams that were above them. Uh, as of last week, Mary Brady did come in 34th. She was the leader uh, for Tech. Uh, Grace Driscoll was in 35th. So that was uh, that was cool. They had three in the top 50 overall. The men... Um, 
not so great. They finished 12th in the region. Um, I think they probably uh, agree that that's probably a little bit lower than one might prognosticate, but you know, that's kind of how the, the cookie crumbles at, at some points. I'd say pretty, pretty solid showing for the ladies. I do want to shout that out in the, you know, pretty, pretty good when you could get three in the top 50 in, in a, an event that has like 18 schools in it. So yeah, for sure. They got, uh, they got NCAA championships next, but I don't think anybody got any at larges. So okay. that means they, we will see them in the indoor track season in January. Yep. All right. Sounds good. So they'll, we'll get pet. We'll catch up to them in January. Men's women. Yeah. Men's tennis. Uh, they're off for winter break, but some Andres Martin potential news here. Yeah. He's, uh, active in the challenger cup circuit out in, I believe Calgary uh, this week, uh, what I was seeing was he's playing Liam Draxel. Uh, Liam Draxel is a top 430, yeah, top 430 player in the, in the, I guess this is the ITA Nationals. I, I'm on a site called Tennis Tonic, some place where <laughs> apparently you can see head-to-head matchups for things. Um, Andres Martin was ranked uh, 733. Uh, so uh, the odds are prognosticating towards Draxel. Um I don't know if this has any implications for his like college eligibility. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Challenger Cup. Not really pay, sure how that works. Challengers don't but... really pay you anything. Like those are the they're, they're they're the low low tiers for a reason. You got to fight to get out of those. So I don't know if you can. Yeah, we should. We keep saying we don't know where these guys are. Are they still in Tunisia? Where have they gone? We at least know where Andre. He's on is. the so roster not... still. That's the thing. Okay, we need to. I need to ask them some questions. We need to figure this out. So we'll have some. Yeah. We'll have some answers here on what the heck's going on with Ben Stennis and why. They're on the roster, but seemingly playing pro events at the same time still. So, uh, so I think the Tunisia one was a pro-ish event too. It seemed pro, yeah. It seemed like one. So, and they like there was the Tunisian tournament. There's probably gonna be some. I don't remember who was in that, but they they get some guys. So, okay, yeah. Let's take a short break, and then we'll come back with basketball. Yes, absolutely. So, talking section one hundred three. Uh, three new designs this week. Uh, those are Miles Kelly NIL shirts. They're in white and gold, and also a gold general Georgia Tech basketball buzz buzz with a basketball. What's not to love? Uh, spinning it on his pointer finger. Uh, that's new from Section 103. As always, free shipping on orders over 70 bucks. Check them out at section103.com and at section103 on Twitter. Jack, back to you. Basketball time. Okay, so the men and women have both kicked off their seasons past their exhibition games. Uh, the men played two games. The women played two games this past week. Let's get going with the men first. Uh, they started off against Georgia Southern, winning 84-62. to uh, I, Jake, I didn't really catch much of this. Uh, so what was the I – mean, this is the first Damon Stoudemire game. Andre Dickens was at the game, same yeah. with President Cabrera. This was, this, was the be- this was the official beginning of – whatever this new era is going to be with coach Stoudemire. So I, what were your first, just first impressions of this team? Yeah. Um, I, I watched, uh, basically every second of, of this game. And I think the big, uh, takeaway was that tech has some pretty, uh, pretty solid depth. Actually, I think in both games, Debo Coleman has come off the bench, which was pretty surprising to me. Ty Jean-Claude, uh, Tapara Kapare got the start at forward, uh, Miles Kelly, Kawasi Reeves, uh, and Amari Abram got the start at guard. Uh, among those, Miles Kelly uh, seems to, uh, and this is something that's certainly applicable to the to the Howard game as well. Can kind of seems to have uh, asserted himself as the 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 guy. Uh, I'm I'm sure that uh, that's probably something that we touched on last week. Is quote unquote whose team is it going to be? But uh, Miles mm. Kelly, he's averaging 26 points a game. He had 25 uh, and 27. So so very yeah. balanced between. 
between those two performances. But in, in Georgia Southern specifically, uh, Tech was really close uh, at the end of the half. They they were down a little bit. There there's some you know back and forth earlier. Um, there's six ties and 13 lead changes in the game, uh, and they went into the half. Uh, leading by one. Uh, Georgia Southern scored a very symmetrical 31 points uh, per half. The difference was in the second half, Georgia Tech uh, really was, I, I'd say, pretty effective. Uh, uh, their shots were were falling a decent bit more. They shot uh, 53% from free throws, uh, 33 and 26 from field goal and three point in the first. Uh, and in the second, they were 56% uh, field goal percentage, 64% from three, uh, and 75% from the free throw line. Uh, it's a tale of two halves. They're going to take a lot of shots. This offense is definitely, having now seen it in person twice, definitely faster pace um, than uh, than yeah. passer ball that we've definitely. been playing. The past couple of years, uh, I would say that the first half was certainly not efficient, but, uh, you know, going Going 13 from 29 overall from three, uh, that'll rack up some points. 27 for 60 uh, in, in terms of made field goals is pretty solid as well. It's mainly the line I think that you got to clean up uh, from the uh, from the first game, and that's certainly something we'll talk about in the second. But yes. give me one more sec just to kind of round out the other things that jump off the page. Uh, this team is not very disciplined yet. I don't think that's unreasonable to say. Uh, Miles and Debo both committed technical fouls uh, against Georgia Southern. Uh, they drew 20 fouls, Georgia Tech did, uh, but they, they gave up 16. Uh, the, the first half of the Georgia Southern game was, was pretty pretty sloppy. Um, they did have 15 offensive rebounds and 22 defensive, uh, but only out-rebounded the other team, uh, the, the, the Eagles, 37 to 33. Nothing uh, too, too crazy there. Uh, mm-hmm. And they did commit 13 turnovers. They forced a lot or, or just happened into uh, reasonably good Turnover luck, and we'll, we'll talk about that again as it relates to Howard, since you know we were both there, could kind of bounce, uh, bounce a little bit off of each other there a little bit more. But yeah. in terms of um, production, Debo coming off the bench uh, in both games, uh, a, a big chunk of the offense. Uh, Miles Kelly, of course, and Kawasi Reeves, I think, has uh, emerged as I'd say like the perhaps um, who's a third superhero to a, a band of two. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Reeves, He's become- He's the third guy. He's becoming the third guy for sure. And, and then the, the number one forward, uh, almost un, Easily. Like by a Easily. pretty sizable margin is yeah. Tyjon Claude. He yeah. had 19 points against Howard, and I believe he was in double figures against Georgia Southern. I keep, ta- yeah, he had 10 against Southern. And I keep yeah, he was good. Between the two, he had five uh, offensive and defensive rebounds piece against Southern. Uh, three assists. Uh, I'd say that's pretty good. And he drew five fouls without committing uh, any in the in the first game and was okay. uh he, he did have five fouls in the second game so i guess perfectly balanced uh as all things should be uh, mm-hmm. but again had a, a number of uh of assists and um yeah I, I don't know i've been i was pretty impressed with both claude and uh and reeves i think after that um gapari i don't really know what uh what we're seeing what we're seeing there too much yet uh amari yeah. abram yeah. not particularly not particularly efficient, but uh, Sturdivant and Coleman coming in off the bench have, have really been, especially Debo, Jack. I think I think it was pretty clear that those two guys had, and and you know I, I've got I've had my qualms with Sturdivant over over the years in terms of just having a huge volume, but at least his shots were going in. He, he had double figures in yep. uh, in the Howard game, and and he was pretty close to it as well in the uh, in the Georgia Southern game uh, on top of six assists and and a couple of rebounds. Uh, so. 
can't really complain about that uh, performance across 27 minutes. Yeah, they free throw line's been an issue. Uh, big those a big note in the Howard oh. game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Gapari is definitely still. I mean, remember what Ace has told us last week? He's like, don't look at his numbers. Just look at what he looks like and how he plays it. It's like he's got a point there. I mean, this is a young, young dude. So he's gonna. Yeah. He only played like ten minutes. He played two minutes in the in the second half against Howard. Uh, so it is the trial run is happening now. I don't know how much he'll get outside of that. Um, he did. He seemed to play his way off the court against Howard. Uh, yeah, Georgia Southern. Uh, we were, they shot nine of fourteen from three in the second half. Like that'll win you. That wins you games. That wins you games. Uh, twice, couple, couple, three times now. Coach Zadamire has noted that this is the only team that he has coached where he's walked in the door and the offense was ahead of the defense. Uh, so it's a very, I would say that that is very true. Based very, on, uh, yes. Well, yes. Georgia tech has scored uh, in the four halves. They've played over 40. We used to meme on this podcast about the quest for 40 points in a game. And they've done that in a half three out of the four times. Yeah. That's pretty good offensive production yeah. um, from the free throw line. Definitely needs work. They were uh, 16 for 27. Uh, against Howard from the line. Miles Kelly, uncharacteristically poor. That was so um, weird. This guy missed six free throws all of 2022, 2023. He missed five in that game. Yeah, that's... was so that's, strange. So strange. Like, it's not a lack of skill thing. We know he's got it. No, yeah, it's just it something... Just... Like, maybe he had a bunch of... Mid- this was my Haynes King theory. Maybe he had a bunch of midterms. Like, yeah, this week. Yeah, or... yeah, I forgot, yeah, yeah. I forgot to bring that up in the football section. Like, all right. Come on, professors. Yes, it's Georgia Tech, but like, do you have your Clemson week scheduled out here? Do you know who we're playing any given week? Again, all all speculation on my part. I I do want to highlight it against Howard. Um, Tech uh, drew 19 fouls, uh, but they also committed 19 fouls. Again, a little sloppy where that changed the game, though, is in the second Georgia Georgia Tech went into the half. down six to Howard, yep. 47-41. Uh, the largest lead by Howard uh, was 14, uh, about three minutes into yeah, the second. We, that, that, no- I'll note that second that second half. Like uh, When I was there, it was felt like there was really, really, really slip in there. Like, it was a, wasn't a great finish yeah. to the first half, and then they were just allowed a, they allowed a free dunk down the lane on Howard's first possession, which oh, was like, what was in brutal. the world? Called a timeout. Yep. And then it did seem to get better because then Debo got called for a flagrant or whatever the equivalent is in college. I forgot if they have flagrant yep. fouls or not, but flagrant Howard one. had free throws and the possession afterwards. Uh, and then, Weirdly, that's not in the score sheet, but that definitely happened because yeah, we saw yeah. that happen live with our with our yes, eyes. Yes, that happened. We were... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. they didn't. I don't know what they announced in the stadium, but uh, and then uh, 11-0 run and Threebo came alive and tied it up at 59. At the eleven forty four mark, so well, it and I want to I want to say there not just not just the offense getting hot eleven uh, zero, but Howard also got incredibly sloppy. Yes, um, they they did, turned the they ball did. over like five times in six possessions and went like a, they had multiple like five minute long scoring. I I wish I had the the scoring streak notes uh, in. Uh, <laughs> I should have just yeah. written it down because there there was multiple. Um, multiple long scoring uh scoring drafts for Howard, but also they got really sloppy foul wise. Um Don yeah, they, Campbell, had, they had two guys foul uh, out yeah in that second half, which was help really helpful for us, especially in the last in those last five minutes. Yes. Dom Campbell was not uh, a huge uh offensive output for them. He only had four points, but he's like a true center uh in I guess a, a true five and kind yeah. of the traditional way to to think about it and he was causing uh, i'd say a decent amount of havoc in in the lane he only, he only really had four four rebounds so yeah but 
definitely was making his presence felt, I would say, um, as well as their, um, I think, a reasonable like number two, number three type guy, Bryce Harris. Uh, I think he got the start at the one, uh, but uh, he had he had 17 points, drew four fouls, uh, was doing well rebounding. Also, oh my goodness, uh, Tech needs to lock in on the old uh, rebound <laughs> rebound yeah, side of the board. Uh, that wasn't it was great. Pretty, that pretty not great. not ideal there, but they had, that, like I th- said. That second half was was getting was weird for me because remember we were talking last week, Hal. They saw the start shot from the clock from the Clark Atlantic game, and it was layups and threes. And then Howard game was a bunch of floaters and mid range stuff. They were just trying to get to the bucket, but there was a lot of just like Sturdivant would pull up, Miles would pull up, and try to get. I call that three. Kyle time. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was really different. But at the same, but I think what we came out of the press conference was we're like, okay, no, they have different ways to score if they need it, like if the threes aren't and working. And they needed it. Yeah, and they absolutely, absolutely needed it. Yeah, it was it was big time. I mean, the free throws were bad. Bad for both teams. I'll note Howard also missed a bunch. So, honestly, both teams could have won and lost this game in various various ways. So, calling this game a toss-up, I don't think is an incorrect way to go about this game. Howard's good. They made the tournament last week. They won their conference, and they're going to probably win their conference again this year. Uh, so, that yeah. was not a bad team, to, and not a bad test at all to have early in the season. Well, and and they're scrappy. They're young. That they, they had this. I don't want to yeah. say it's a Super Bowl for them. Actually, I shouldn't say they're young. They're experienced. They're scrappy. And it, this is a big game. Like they're 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 yeah. playing at the ACC. You know, they really they're in it. Atlanta. They big weekend plans too. Yeah. Uh, they're 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 uh, Howard staff. And I think I read this in a John Feinstein book. Has a pretty storied tradition of like making their road trips have big meaning for players. And mm. and in this case, going to see. Andrew Young, um, who I believe is a Howard grad himself. Uh, but, um, you know, working that into just making basketball an enriching experience, which I absolutely think really is cool. a, a tremendous yeah. thing for, for a staff to, you know, like coaches can say all the time about, you know, we believe in molding our young men and women into, you know, like, this is like saying like, hey, this I like important icon man um, who has nothing to do really with basketball, but is somebody that you need to learn from. That's that's incredible, and hats off yeah. to them. Um, I, I will say, uh, like I said, the turnovers did pile up in the second half. I think that's a, a depth thing, partially a foul trouble thing. Um, also, uh, but it, it comes out in the score sheet, I say, um, in that Howard outshot Georgia Tech. Um, they were 50% yeah. field goals in general, uh, 28.6 from three. Uh, and 67.9 from the line. Georgia Tech was 44, 22, and 59, uh, respectively. Uh, the difference there is is turnovers and, and giving away the ball. And most egregious of this uh, was actually probably a, a, a Georgia Tech turnover. Howard, with about eight-ish seconds left on the clock, drains a deep, just chuck it up really kind of three. three. Really deep three, yeah. To, to cut the lead from 88, uh, 82 to 88, 85. Uh, and then Tech commits an egregious turnover, Ooh, uh, and is only saved because there's only about two seconds left on the clock. They they set up for a pretty eh shot, but about as good as you can expect. Howard got uh, a heave off. That. They had a shot. They, they put the ball in the air with the clock expiring to tie. Yeah, which uh, should not have happened. That just shouldn't have happened whatsoever. <laughs> was, uh, Howard was fouling. Howard was fouling with like two minutes left, and still bit. And it kind of it kind of worked. It worked. It's rare you see the fouling actually like worked that well. And not they didn't win, but they they did the, they did what they needed to do. Oh, okay. uh, so yeah, we only led for seven seven and a half minutes of this game. Yeah. Front end and the back end, which I guess back end is the most important part. Yeah, only an eighty eight to eighty five win over the Howard Bison. 
Uh, they do only have one game in the next week, and that is Tuesday at home against UMass Lowell. So uh, the Northeast, Northeastern School coming down here. So that's fun. Uh, any other last notes? I mean, we're going to – I'll note oh, one more thing that Damon said. Like, Lance Terry's still out. I forgot who the other guy that's still out, his name. Um, but they're probably going to play. And Damon does – he he made it – he emphasized in the press conference after the Howard game that he's like, I, if I've got guys that can play, they're going to play. Um, tight yeah. rotations is not a thing he's seems to be in favor of. So I would not be surprised if we're going to see 12 guys playing in these games uh, down the line here. So that'll be interesting to see and see how that plays out. And I think that's something that this is the last point I did want to make. So thank you for teeing me up for that. I think that is the reason we've seen, you know, Sturdivant and Debo come off the bench is yeah. like get different guys in. And Gapari starting just different people. Yeah. I mean, like it, this is why you have a non-con season is to get people experience and mm-hmm. get people in. And, you know, if, if you got 10 men who you think might play, yeah, getting uh, E.B. Duwana six minutes of playing time. And, you know, he got one shot. He made it. Uh, you know, that's that's something that you know could pay off in in um, yeah. in the future. Okay. So, um, and, and also, I will say, in, in the Howard game, Tech did do a relatively good job turning over, uh, like, protecting the ball. So even if they weren't super effective in the line, uh, uh, you know, they didn't get their pockets picked too much. Uh, there were a couple, you know, just ball go out of bounds type, type turnovers. But they you know, there were positives to draw. Um, we'll see how it plays out. You got to win the UMass little game, and we'll talk mm. about it next uh, next week, hopefully, on the other side. But we will. Women's basketball, they had two games this week as well. They started on this past Monday, uh, so six days ago at the time of recording, uh, versus Coastal Carolina. This was their education day game. The game was at 11 a.m. Uh, there was almost 5,000 Atlanta public school kids who were part of the buzzer reader program. And they all basically earned this as a field trip to go. And some of the the kids who had read the most hours uh, got acknowledged on the court. Uh, Jake, I had never been in a louder building in my life. There are, I mean, O'Keefe was loud. This was this was so like this was two. This was three days after we beat Louisville and O'Keefe. That Saturday, I woke up and my ears were not working properly whatsoever. And then I get, get the rest day on Saturday, a lighter day on Sunday with volleyball. And then that day, it was just the highest pitch screams for like in two hours straight. It was rough in there. But thankfully, their team was doing so well that that was warranting all the screams. Uh, they won 83 to 53 in front of 4,900 people, which is the second most, it was the second highest attended game for women's basketball in McCamish Pavilion. The opening. I the, got that one wrong. I got this tribute back wrong. You did. Uh, you would think. So it was the, the first game in McCamish was, was higher, was the highest so far. You would think. That when we played UConn, which drew a lot of people, uh, because UConn also had a local Olivia Olivia Nelson was uh, on UConn's team, so that drew a lot of local folks. Uh, that only had forty five hundred people. This game had forty nine thirty six or something like that. So beat it by a few hundred. I think the women's basketball opener in at like McCamish period ten years ago. I think that was a doubleheader with the men. Maybe. If I okay. recall that was correctly, that, that or was like a twine night type situation. That's, what the, you know? that's what the team was saying was the highest one, the only one. So yeah, yeah. this was the second highest attended match. It was Coastal Carolina, uh, but it was fun nonetheless. They looked good. Um, really dynamic offense. Uh, Rusne Agostinate ended up playing a lot of it. It's because Kara Dunn went out in the first minute, and she is so and she's hurt. Uh, she did not play yesterday against Furman. Uh, I did not watch that Furman game because I was in Clemson, so I don't really know what happened other than we won by a lot. Uh, we took care of business. We took care of business. So I don't I don't have much to say for either game beyond the offense looks good. They're faster. They're moving faster like they wanted to. If you listen to my interview with uh, 
Coach Alverson, that's a big point for them is to get moving and get moving fast and have high pace. And they have a lot of pace right now. And I think that's super uh, exemplified by the third quarter against Furman Tech. Scored uh, 30 points in a quarter, Ooh, uh, which that's is a great lot to see. That's a uh, lot obviously, lot. they finished with 91. <laughs> This yeah. is this isn't your uh this isn't your uh former self's uh women's basketball team no, at Georgia Tech. I, I reflect on like the 2016-2017, like let's grind them into paste and it, win 36 what it to was. 25, that kind of like those... George Mike in basketball. I mean, yeah, no, that was us. But, that that was us two years ago. Was that yeah. just play defense, burn shot clock for the other team and get your buckets down low and rough in, t- in tough ways. Yeah. Uh and now it's much more fluid, much more dynamic, much quicker. Yep. Still want that defensive yep. identity, but they've got like seven offensive weapons now, which is just so new, yeah. so different, so different for a Nell team. But hey, if they can do it well. They're doing it well. Jack, there is um, one thing that Georgia Tech is yet to do this year. It has to do with scoring an offense. And I guess defense. Uh, what is Georgia Tech's um, current... I guess, uh, actually, no, I've just blown it if I was going to ask about the streak. Georgia Tech has yet to be outscored in a quarter. I'll just say it. Like, they, they have outscored the opponents in every quarter they have played thus far this year. Wait, all cr- across sports? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, just, oh, just women's basketball. Women's basketball. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm like, what? Hold on. <laughs> Inclu- including the exhibition game. Yes. Uh, yes they are yes. 12 for 12 in outscoring they got close against Coastal Carolina being outscored in the third, but yeah, yeah, you know, that's Just a good spot. Stuff. They they led for um, all but thirty six seconds of the season so far. Fantastic. So just the open that was like the first few seconds against Coastal and the first few against Fermix. They got early buckets in both of those. They will never beat the game against Syracuse in 2021. I want to say when they had an administrative technical free throw at the beginning of the game, <laughs> that was one great. of my sunk both of them. So they were up to nothing and then never lost the lead. So the score line said time led 40 minutes. That was, that was the Dina, uh, the Dina homecoming game in the carrier dome. Wasn't it? Yeah, that was strapped. Yeah. yeah, that was strapped. And he's returned yeah. came at the carrier dome. That was funny. the, um, uh, I was going to say one other thing, thing about the coastal game that i wanted ah yes i wanted to highlight uh that that georgia tech was uh, i'd say relatively good from the free throw line uh yeah. for for how the, they got better there that's been a note for us like played. they just needed to just generally yeah. just last year they were better at the line um by a lot like they were tops in acc at the line last year which was or one of the best teams at the line um Rebounding that's, that's was something the, I've had my eyes on. How's rebounding that? was bit was more the thing for Nell after the Kelsey game. She did not thought that could be better. Uh, so yep, uh, I, I wouldn't say Furman's representation of if they got better yet. Uh, so we'll see. They play next this coming Thursday at Rice. They are going to go to Houston and play at Rice. Uh, and so we'll have some. We'll get their first taste of road action, and then on Sunday. Uh, I will not be going to this game because there's volleyball, but I think we'll try to record after it's done or maybe a little bit later. Uh, they play host Kennesaw State. So uh, yeah. in theory, should be beating Kennesaw State. I have no idea how good oh, Rice that is. Game, that game has been a throttling in the past. Yeah, um, Kennesaw State I, not done much. Not done much. We've got, we've gone to Houston um, a couple of times in the last couple of years. Uh, given that we've you know recruited and successfully landed players from out there, I suspect yeah. that this is a good... like. Um, you know, we told you you'd be able to come see that, you know, and then get getting into yeah. the Texas. Yeah, uh, multiple Texans. The Texas multiple, field there. Multiple so. Texans on those teams. Yeah, it's not. Including not... Nell, I think, because she's Stephen F. Austin for 
for yeah, school, true, wasn't she? True. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, anyways. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think this is mostly a, a recruiting thing. Rice is generally, I think, pretty solid, but I mean, it's AAC basketball. Uh, so not quite uh not quite what you're getting uh, in ACC basketball, yeah. but uh, we'll get there when we get there. I was going to say, in, in general, I think Tech, uh, you know, limiting turnovers for the most part uh, could be a little bit cleaner in that regard. Otherwise, um, and, and probably a little bit more efficient, a uh, little more efficient from three, I'd like mm-hmm. to see. But other than that, uh, you know, they, they went eight for nine for free throws again on uh, against Furman. So I okay. think uh, clean up the threes. Um you know, make your makeable shots. And I, I've got no complaints yet that, you know, Nell noted the uh, the rebounding thing totally plays out watching the tape back, but you know, one thing at a time, I suppose. Yep. CLA play against rice. All right. Last one. And then we're out of here. Volleyball. Um, we're not going to go too long here either. Um, they had one match this past week. They didn't have to play today, which is today being Sunday. Uh, they played Friday. <laughs> I yeah, they needed it. Uh, it was, the second top 10 match of the season, as in top 10 versus top 10, they moved up to number eight in the AVCA rankings after beating Louisville two weekends ago at home in a sweep. Uh, wait, they swept, they swept that? Yeah, they swept that. Um, they will seven probably Pitt, be moving out of the number top seven. 10, number seven, Pitt came to town, and uh, mm, um, I used the word obliterated in my recap headline, and I don't think that's, I think that remains very accurate. Um, I don't know if y'all remember. If you do remember, uh, we played them earlier this season. We were up 2-0. This was after Livogridge had gotten hurt, and we were up 2-0 on them. We had came back and two down, like Pitt won the race to 20 in the first two sets, and we managed to win the first two sets. And then they cooked us so hard for the last three sets of that match. None of them were close in the slightest. Even the, the cooking has set. continued. The cooking has. <laughs> it is a. The, we are we are inedible. How with how much we have been cooked at this point, uh, and it continued this past Friday. Uh, Pitt scored the first ten points of the first set. They were up 10-0 the first set. Thankfully, there's five theoretical sets, so that I wouldn't say that ended the game right there. But it was just it was the it was like the the last match never ended, and they just kept going. Like there was no clear discontinuation that this match that there was a match a month ago and then a match this month. They felt like the exact same match. Jack, they, I'd say, only hit 300 in the first. I know. (laughs) And won, you know, 25-13. Pitt hit 524 and 542 going away in the the second and the third. It is very difficult to... to There was... How how much of a beatdown that is for... There was no defense played by us. There was just, in general, no defense played by us, uh... Tamara Otene had a combined 15 errors between attacking and blocking and other and digging. Uh, she hit a negative. <laughs> we were a negative. We hit, we hit our attack as a team was negative in the first set, which I don't think we've done this year, maybe against one of those other pit, maybe one of those pit games, earlier pit game yes. or somewhere else potentially. Uh, but it was by and away and all things considered the worst match and the worst we have looked all season. I'll note Liv Melgridge did warm up. She was a full participant in warmups and she did not play. Our middle blocking was non-existent. Our blocking was non-existent. We had two total, uh, and I think Bertolina was one of them, so not even a blocker. Uh, Mendez had to come out for some time. Yeah. Uh, there was just nothing. <laughs> there was tiny stretches in the 6-2 where Man Yang was a little bit helpful. It didn't really do much. Suarez was okay. 
she started the third set again. So Tabiko, I mean, Tabiko kind of played her way out of another set, another match again. Um, so I, I mean, I, I don't want to say there's anything to really take from this outside of pitch just really freaking good, and we just had the worst day at the office of the season by far. And thank goodness we play teams that aren't ranked next week because we need to have something to recover I mean, with. I I want to give Bianca Pertolino her flowers. She, oh, she was great. She was great. She Good hit yeah. five seventy nine. Um, yeah, she was hitting. Pitt, no less. She was hitting eight hundred. Um, she was hitting over eight hundred after the first two sets. Like she was the only, literally the only thing truly working for us, uh, in terms of any kind of offensive weapon whatsoever. Uh, Pitt was just much taller than us. They still, I mean, they still are. They have been taller than us the whole time. But that's been a. If you can have a size mismatch against us, we do not adapt well. And it happened again. Miami did that to us uh, earlier this season. Florida State clearly did it here. Louisville wasn't that tall. Kind of were able to get around them. Georgia killed us because they had Sophie Turner. Uh, so or not Sophie Turner. That's the actress. Um, forgot her name already. Um, either way, like. Yeah, big teams can kill us. So that's going to be a thing to look out for if you just want to do some quick scouting in our future matches here, especially if we get into, once we get into the NCAA tournament, just look at how big our middle blockers are compared to their middle blockers, whoever we end up playing. And that'll give you a sense of, not necessarily tell you what the match is going to be like, but it's going to be a great indicator of where our our, our weaknesses are going to be. And, Jack, I got a question. Yes. They started this while I was still at work. Very rude. It was a 5 p.m. Yes, so, but yeah, on we, the main we get, ACC network. Yes, how did the it. how did the attendance hold up? I mean, like I get it was they probably filled more students. No in problems. No problems like, whatsoever with it. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's just okay. fine. They were turning away students. Uh, Jolene Aiken, who's like the who's the Title IX coordinator for uh, Georgia Tech, and tends to like be like the on-site the official. Just, just the, the official, official Bobby. We can jam more students. In basically, the, uh, that, if if you ever have had someone yeah. come to you at a match, is like, hey, there's a seat over here. That was probably Jolene doing that for you, and she's a very sweet yeah. lady. Um, and she, yeah, she was cramming students in wherever she could find spots to put them in. So, yeah. um, so yeah, crowd not a problem at all. I mean, it was quiet as heck at the end of that match because it was clear what was happening. Um, so I mean, yeah, they not, made their statement early. That, that they did. Be... I mean, yeah, they I mean they sucked the wind out of that of O'Keefe super early. It was a, yeah, it was a ten zero run. Uh, Oates today didn't do well. Uh, Pimentel surface error. Banyan got lucky on a kill. We had one run but yeah it was yeah I mean, we, it was over over in the third set we at least had a lead at 15 12 we had a three-point lead in the third set got to 15 first which felt nice like it felt like that was the only like normal feeling set that we had in terms of like okay they're actually kind of like playing like themselves today was getting some rockets in um and then Pitt went on a nine-point run georgia tech does not control its own destiny anymore high level um uh, i will say um, Florida State sets up rather nicely down the stretch. They go to North Carolina and they get Notre Dame at home. Um, neither of those teams are at the, the top of, of the. Uh, they should kill yeah, both the, of those teams. Yeah, they. Yeah, I was trying to be political about it, but uh, meanwhile, Pitt and Georgia Tech both get Louisville again. Um, yep. Pitt also has Miami again, uh, who is you know pretty pretty. Pretty good. Um, and and Georgia Tech also gets Miami uh, again as well. Pitt, if they went out, would tie Florida State. Uh, so Pitt and Louisville theoretically will break the theoretical tie between the two of them. Yeah. Um, I, I assume then that it would be Florida State and then the winner of 
hit Louisville for the uh, the shared ACC crown uh, in that scenario. Tech can finish as high as 13, uh, 15 and 3. Um, Florida, State Florida State is is huge Tech fans right now because if we beat Louisville again somehow and Louisville beats Pitt, yeah. uh, they're sitting alone. Alone. They're, they're, they're alone. Sitting alone. They... They're sitting alone. <laughs> Which, Which is just not again, what we, we had on paper, but uh, easy schedule is an easy schedule, hey, man. I, I, I said that they'd be a tournament team at the beginning of the year. Oh, I yeah. maintain, but Florida State and Miami should, should, barring all things considered, mm-hmm. be, be considered tournament teams. But I mean, if, if you look at the schedule, they did, uh, they, they do get Miami twice. Um, they got Tech once. I believe they got Louisville once. And I believe they got Pitt once. So that'll be your difference right there. <laughs> I would, I would say usually. ACC, you might want to rethink how you do the scheduling thing so you don't cannibalize the top like this and have your auto auto bid. I mean, maybe it's good you have your auto bid that's someone else. But at the yep. same time, uh, a, a little school called Stanford and their volleyball team is joining the conference next year. And uh, that's a top 10 team. So we're going to have yep. arguably four top 10 level teams next season in the ACC. So uh, I don't know how the schedule is going to work. I hope we don't have to travel to California more than one. I mean, we want to travel more than one time. There's no way they make us do that twice. Um, but that's going to be some really interesting if they set up a specific system or what, like softball has a specific rotation that it does. Soft, volleyball doesn't really have that. Baseball kind of does. The SEC just implemented a, a system for their baseball scheduling. So um, there's going to be some just theoretical down the line questions. How this schedule pans out next year, it can be really determinative who's going to end up winning tournament uh, or winning the, winning the conference as a whole and how that impacts uh, who gets in the tournament too. So there's weird, it's weird, weird machinations, but yeah, I mean, right now, if I'm a betting man, Florida state for the title. Yeah. I think the baseball, uh, we know baseball when baseball comes, but I think in baseball, you kind of have to go division list, don't you? Cause, because right now how it works is you have a protected cross divisional rival. That's Georgia tech and Clemson. Duh. Um, you play everyone in the coastal and you yep. play three of the other six teams in the Atlantic one year, and then you flip the next year. So yep. it makes a lot of sense, right? Cause you got 10 conference weekends. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, SMU, I believe does not have a baseball team. So no. they theoretically only have to add one to each side, but you know, unless you go will, to 11, will, will, da- will SMU or somewhere in Dallas become like, I wonder how many ACC games are going to take place in globe life park. Hopefully this as, this, as this is the central, like, <laughs> like I, that's gonna be so weird. Okay, we're off topic now. Um, yeah. So, anyways, our volleyball's next action uh, will be on Friday. They're going to Miami, and then their final home game, pending uh, NCAA tournament stuff, is against mm-hmm. Syracuse this coming Sunday. That is senior night. So, if you want to see, oh shoot, who are our seniors? Is anyone actually gonna get? Wait a second. Help me out here. Is anyone gonna? Oh, Paula Pimentel. This will be Paula Pimentel's yeah. theoretical final game on campus. So sad, uh, but probably not considering. Uh, we're top fifth. We're what? We're eighth right now. We'd have to. We'd have to lose out basically. I think to not host um, the late. The latest like. And I, Jack. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> All this confidence. Ah. <laughs> Syracuse is on the schedule still, sir. Um. Uh, so yeah, it'll be. I think the 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 trend lines are pointing that direction. We'll see what really happens with the committee. Um. If you go to the NCA.com, they have usually some pretty good like projections on who might host and what the tournament might look like right now as much as that can be predicted uh taking in the ncaa committee's criteria uh so i haven't checked to see if there's a li- like if there's this one as check tomorrow check tomorrow there might be a new one there so 
that's all I got there. Uh, Jake, one more news and notes before we go to ACC tasting. Yes, uh, swimming and diving is in action in Athens Thursday through Saturday. I think they usually stream the UGA invite, but um, keep an eye out there for SEC Network Plus Extra, whatever the ESPN3 SEC Network overlay is. Sounds good. Maybe I'll catch some of that on the television. Okay, ACC football games this coming weekend. Uh, let's start with Thursday. Pitt is hosting Boston College. Jake, um, Pitt played Syracuse, lost to Syracuse last week. So, I mean, as we said, not a really a predictor of what was going on, but uh, what what you got here? Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm thinking Boston College here. It's, it's in their building. They're playing pretty well. Would agree. Uh, Miami is playing Louisville at noon on Saturday. Miami is the host team here. Before the Clemson game, this was a critical game in terms of our life to win the ACC, to make the ACC championship game. Uh, but now we are fully out of contention there. So uh, does that really impact Tech anymore? Uh, Louisville, I do think, will pull away with this. They just barely got past Virginia, but they end up doing so pretty convincingly. So I got them. All right, Jake, Virginia versus Duke. Um, Both of these teams are kind of in uh i don't want to say in in odd spots but duke's definitely um cooled off uh after yeah, a, yes, after yes. a hot start to the year i think is a, a political way to put that one uva i think had so yes uh, i believe that oh my goodness espn is playing music in my headset now um <laughs> <laughs> uva has a, a little bit more rest but i i still don't think the talent differential is there especially if um, Tony Musket remains out uh, as mm. we believe uh, he is based on our game. So um, would de- would definitely lean Duke there. Notre Dame hosting Wake Forest, uh, 3.30 game. There's four 3.30 ACC games this coming Saturday. Notre Dame should clean house pretty easily with Wake Forest. Jake, Clemson hosts their third straight game this coming weekend. They're hosting North Carolina, who at uh, the, uh, S- not the S&P, uh, the college football playoff rankings have not come out yet. So as of now, they are hosting the 24th ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. Yeah, North Carolina kind of was in a squeaker last week. Um, I, I think if it is track meet-ish, it kind of is an anyone's ball game scenario, but it's hard to go into Death Valley and win. And, and if Clemson can capitalize based on uh, what I believe to be some, some upgrades in terms of their offensive and, frankly, defensive performance last week, uh, I think that one goes to, goes to the Tigers. I would say so as well. Virginia Tech hosts NC State, who I was looking at NC State's points scored and points allowed to numbers. They are extremely Iowa-ish, and I had no idea. Don't know how I missed that, but that'd be interesting for them. So, uh, But got the Blacksburg environment. I think I might go NC State here, honestly. They're sitting above us right now in the conference. Uh, seems like a, That seems like a road, you know, just a road sneaker or something like that. I- so. I, I don't know if this changes your thought, but okay. MJ Morris is still in the he, he benched, redshirted himself, something like that. Oh, I forgot about I that think. whole thing. Oh, yes, 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 with their quarterback. Oh, in that case, I don't know. Someone flip a coin for me. You you guys decided home for me. Uh, Florida State hosts North Alabama, Jake. Um, well, I don't think we need to say who's going to win that game because that was a little obvious. 6.30 start on the CW, and then our game is at 8 o'clock to round out the ACC slate. Sicko's picks of the week, Jake. You got me a Mississippi showdown. Yes, I do. Um, Southern Miss uh, at Mississippi State. They both both have losing records. I think Southern Miss has picked it up just a little bit, but uh, I think Mississippi State's uh, seat might be getting hot, if you will. And Southern Miss, I mean, they they 
want nothing more than to go into Starkville and win, whether it's baseball, football, or, or any sport in which they get the chance. So uh, I think it's definitely one to keep an interested eye on, if that's yes. a good way to put that. Well, sure. I do not have one listed as of now on the doc. I would say the, the fact that Kansas versus Kansas State's ranked, that's just generally pretty cool. But also you can go to Game on Paper and see all of the best sports stats out there. All right. I know you had made some trivia sort of something, something for me. What do you got? Yes. Um, so I was thinking about Miami because, you know, playing Miami and volleyball coming up. I got to ask, mm-hmm. there are two sports in which Georgia Tech has a lesser win percentage against Miami of Ohio than Miami, Florida. Mm. Name them. One, I will let you know, is a trick, but I want to see if you can catch on. To is why it it's expired trick. sport? Uh, let's say never started in the first place. Sport. Huh? Uh, what? Okay, interesting. Think about Miami, Florida, in that regard. They have one very obviously missing sport. What sailing? Nope. No. Okay. Obviously missing. It kind of like how Georgia Tech doesn't have women's soccer. Oh, they don't have swimming. Nope. What? That wasn't what I was thinking of. Oh, okay. They don't Let's have see. men swimming. They do have women swimming. Oh. They do not have a women's softball team oh. at the University of Miami, Florida. So uh, technically, Georgia Tech uh, is uh, undetermined okay. against them. Uh, Georgia Tech has a better uh, win percentage than Miami of or it In every other sport, uh, except for one, um, in baseball, Georgia Tech is 3-0, and uh, volleyball 3-0, women's basketball 1-0, women's tennis 1-0. and And in men's basketball, Georgia Tech is 0-for-1 all-time against Miami of Ohio. So both kind of oh, tricky, uh, but yes. odd things to think about. Um, yes. you know, the, uh, the, the, the plight of small numbers, the, the tyranny of small <laughs> numbers, if you will. That's, uh, that's probably what I chalked. Our continuing to. lifelong grind just to, to memorize the media guides of every Georgia Tech team will one day be able to answer all these questions. With, <laughs> off the top of the head. Off the top of our... We already know too much as it is. Um, yes. With that, thank you for the trivia. Thanks, y'all, for listening. As we mentioned on the top of the show, we've got some extra podcast content coming out this week with Carson Garrett from Survivor 44. We'll get our 200th episode. Something planned is going to be good. Uh, and make sure to check out our articles online as we go into this week's game against Syracuse and we'll have recaps and previews of at least the basketball games uh TBD on women's basketball I got the guy I got conflict so we'll see how that goes down nonetheless uh actually should be back next week we all should be back next week oh wait I won't be ha you're not gonna have me next week so anyways uh this was fun Jake take us home yeah um as always, you can find that extra content at fromrumbleseat.com uh, via email from the rumbleseat at gmail.com. Comment, give give us give us feedback. We appreciate it. Um, if you want to hear uh, other items from yours truly, as well as the rest of our staff. In the meantime, you can find us at FTR's blog at jgrant98 and at jackandplus on Twitter. Uh, you can find section 103 there as well at section 103 and section103.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at from the rumble seat. And you can find these podcasts where, wherever fine podcasts are distributed. We uh, do appreciate the word of mouth. It is the most powerful way to uh, to find us and, and tell our, others about us. Uh, but in the meantime, we will talk to you, I guess, whenever Scions Extra comes out. So before next week. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, good night, good luck, and go Jets. Oh,